Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Monday's broadcast of the Preacher's Corner here. I'm Pastor Jay, and we are digging into an amazing subject today. We're getting into Mark chapter number 13. We're going to begin in verse number 14 at the abomination of desolation. And that's going to take us over to Daniel as directed by Jesus when he begins this particular section of chapter 13. And we're going to look at the tribulation as concerning the days of revelation today while we're going through this because it is directly linked by Jesus to this period of time. Now, a few interesting points that we're going to discover is that this isn't dealing with the church. This isn't dealing with the church at all. What this is dealing with is as concerning the, the 144,000 is dealing with the Messianic believers that come into the time of tribulation and proclaim the gospel of Jesus into a world that is adamantly against Christ, in fact, being led by an antichrist and being being deceived by a false prophet. And so, uh, the warning is going out as concerning this from Jesus, not only to his disciples in that day when they're walking with Jesus, so as to warn them not to get caught up in anybody else that would come along who would claim to be a Messiah from the Judaistic faith, but that they remember Jesus and stay firm with Jesus because this is the underpinnings of the church. As we had learned last Friday, this the church is built upon the apostles' messages and the prophets of Old Testament, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Well, of course, the apostles who make up the very first Messianic congregation of Jews here, if if they become deceived and their message gets changed, then we in this modern day wouldn't have any hope of the truth. So it was necessary for Jesus to warn them about those that would rise up within the Judaistic faith to claim that they are Messiah, to, to seek for people to follow them, only to be discovered to be false, but entirely too late in many cases. And so, it's, it's vital for us to dig into this, but to realize that, that oftentimes, because it's in the New Testament, we immediately attribute it to the church, and that's where uh, doctrine starts getting a little bit fuzzy when you get through these, these sections here, because you have one teaching of Jesus concerning the church is, is the direction of the church and what the church is and all of those things, and then you come to these these uh, teachings that come down the line where Jesus is actually trying to prepare his his personal 12 for the mission that they have and increasing the work of the body of this church so as not to be sidetracked by any other potential messiahs that would come down the line because Jesus himself also knows that he's about to be crucified and that in those three days, and it's funny how finicky we can be as mankind, <laughs> In those three days that he knows he'll be separated from his his people because of death and because of the victory that he's obtaining for his, his people over death, that they could be easily sidetracked and easily swayed by anything at that point because of how vulnerable they are without their leader there with them. And so it, it, the same thing is true for all of us. Once we have a, a certain path that we're following because we respect a certain leader that is taking us along that path, 
when that leader leaves or that leader's gone or that leader's uh, out of the, out of the way then we've got to either choose to follow the teachings that we had received from them from from what they had put in our heart and we choose to obey even in their absence or we're going to find a new leader and that new leader may be taking us in a brand new direction that is apart from the direction that the former leader we respected walked in and so how fast when we when we choose a new leader that we that we walk in a, a different direction even though we believed firmly we were certain that the direction we were going in with our former leader that 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 was the right direction that it was the true direction but when it was all said and done and and that former leader is is now gone we have a new one and, and the direction they're going, we don't agree with. The direction they're going was totally different from what we had learned from the former. And yet we chose the new leader, and so we surrender what we believe in order to follow. And oftentimes to our own destruction. Because if we're not following Jesus, guys, and we're not following the Word of God, then what direction are we going in? What direction are we going in? And so it's going to be really exciting today. I want to begin in, in a time of prayer, just, just preparing our hearts for, for the time of worship. Now, guys, this is real worship. Gathering together at this four o'clock hour around the Word of God to feast upon its riches, word by word, to take it in and the Holy Spirit have communion with the Word of God daily so that we burst forth at the seams and, and literally the power of God flowing in us and through us because of his word, because of the connection between the, the, the Holy Spirit that seals us and the word of God that guides us, we, we just have this communion with God and it's so powerful, it's so awesome. And I want to encourage everybody to, to tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell, you know what, you, you may be tuning into this at five o'clock, six o'clock. You might be tuning into this at 10 o'clock because you had a long day of work and yet, yet this is when you were able to get off. Yet still you're tuning in, still you're taking that time to, to commune with God. And that is what a soul needs to be in communion with his creator. Tell everybody. Invite everybody. Because we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Heavenly Father, it's true we need you. Desperate for you. But we don't realize that it's you that we're desperate for. Lord, we, we go through our lives and we chase after riches, we chase after possessions, we chase after so many things. We chase after knowledge. We chase after, after accolades and recognition. We chase after so much. And the reality is, is that the void that we're chasing after can only be filled by the Word of God. It can only be filled by the presence of God. So we pray, Lord that those who are tuning in now and that those who will tune in later, Father, that you will give them a moment in this time to experience that void being completed, being filled by your presence. And so much that, that they realize, Lord, that we all realize that this whole time of all these things we've been chasing after, the truth is, is that we were never going to find it because 
the one person we weren't chasing after, is the only one who could fill it. And that's you, Lord. So now, may our hearts be overflowing, and may our joy be full in Jesus' name as we study His Word. Amen. All right, guys, let's get in. We're going to read Mark chapter number 13. We're going to start in verse number 14 and read down to verse number 23. And also, you're going to find this exact same section of Scripture being being over in Matthew 24, being over in Luke chapter number 16. It's pretty sweet. Uh, but we're going to start here in Mark chapter 13 and verse number 14. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that read understand. (laughs) Then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. And let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. And let him that is in the field not turn back again for to take up his garment. For, but woe to them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. And pray ye that your flight be not in winter. For in those days shall be afflictions such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. And then, if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not, for false Christs and false prophets shall rise, and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the very elect. But take ye heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. A very important point is there in 23. There's nothing that is going to happen and nothing that has happened that Jesus didn't warn his disciples about, that Jesus isn't telling us in this modern day about. We've got the whole book of Revelation to prepare us for understanding what is going to take place in the time that is to come. We, we are entirely prepared for all things, the wars that he spoke about last Thursday and the rumors of wars. The different Christ, the different messiahs that'll pop up and say, follow me, I'll lead you to Jesus. And all of these different word of faith movements and charismatic movements and, and all of these different um, different mainstream TV television pastors that, that, that all have the answer, that all have the way, that all have the plan for redemption and everything else. And they, they, they entice people to come unto them, people to fund them. One of the things that I was watching last night, I've got a gentleman that I enjoy listening to. His name is Mike Winger, and I enjoy listening to him over in in California, and and he just studies the Bible, just like we're doing right now. He studies the Bible, and so, so I listen to his perspective because it is different from mine in many ways, but it's always good to hear different people, to hear different ideas, and so that you can study the Word of God based on the um, on the differences of opinion that you hear and 
see whether you stand stand in your belief or whether they've got a great point and there's some things you need to go back and study elsewise in the Bible so that you can get a, a good firm grasp on on the truth of a doctrine, any doctrine. And so I love listening to this particular fellow, and I agree with him a thousand percent concerning this this movement that is in our society and has been here for a very long time called the Word of Faith Movement. And one of the particular leaders of this movement is Kenneth Copeland. And and that guy is frightening. <laughs> and that guy is not Christian. He said, well, how can you say he's not Christian? Because the doctrine that he proclaims is, is against the Word of God. He's not following the Bible, even though on any television broadcast he'll have a Bible open. And this is very important because Jesus said that in verse number 22 of our study today that false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce. And that's the concept that's happening in this Word of Faith movement where they they play more upon your emotions than, than to to give to you the reality of the Word of God so that they can make money off of you. It's all about making money from you, making a name for themselves and becoming famous from you. And he says that it, to seduce, even if it were possible, the, the, the elect. Now, the elect is being referred are like in Revelation, we understand from chapter number 7, the 144,000 that are sealed with the name of God. The elect of our day today would be those children of God who, are, who make up the churches on the ground and, and, and the believers at large in this world today, that we, be, that we be led astray from following the truth of the gospel unto some of these word of faith and charismatic knuckleheads that are out there proclaiming everything but Jesus in the name of Jesus. I mean, it's insane what they do. It's insane what they get away with. And it's amazing to me how that the multitudes, thousands of people worship these men that are out there like Creflo Dollar and like Popoff, Louis Popoff, and like 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 Kenneth Copeland and all of these other guys, Joel Osteen with his thirty or forty thousand people, whatever number that is, and 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 they have this intense following, and they're not pastors of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. Say, well, just because they're not like you doesn't mean that they're not teaching Jesus. And and you're jealous. <laughs> eh, wrong answer. No jealousy here. Only a certain fearful watching of people who may at one time have been solid believers in Jesus Christ that are getting deluded by all of these lies that are proclaimed in, in this, this prosperity gospel. It's sucking your soul and your pocketbook into these people's hands. It's ungodly. And it's exactly what we're experiencing in our modern day as 
Paul would experience in his day with the thorn in his flesh of the Judaizers that would come into the churches that Paul was at working hard to start and they would corrupt the bodies that they would come into telling people they had to be circumcised in order to truly be saved. You, you have to become spiritual Jews because you can't be Jewish in, in, in the nature of your flesh. You're a Gentile and a dog. But if you have any hope of going to heaven at all, you're going to have to become a spiritual Jew. So you got to do the things Jews do in order to become a spiritual Jew, so get circumcised. I mean, Paul had to deal with these things and these seducers that would try to draw away people away from the Word of God and from the reality of Christ and so bring forth so many different teachings of doctrines that, that it would dilute the, the reality of the true doctrine of Christ. And if those people were not firm in what they believe in their faith, they, they could be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, just like he said in James chapter number 1. So Jesus, he, he's really investing time into explaining and teaching to his disciples that there are real dangers out there concerning what you believe. There isn't just the gospel. There are all kinds of false gospels out there with all kinds of false prophets out there, and they all look good. They all sound right. They all have power to deceive, and if possible, you, the very elect, the truly chosen by God, could be deceived if you've given your heart to a new master. To another leader. That is not Christ. Woe unto you who would follow after me as being your leader. Now, I understand the necessity of having a teacher on earth. I get that. I'm not complaining about that. I mean following me as, as I would be your leader in the position or place of, of Jesus. Woe! Not good! But that's the way we treat people that we proclaim to respect in the in the in the in the faith today. But that we we, we elevate them to a position where they're they're going to be everything to us. In fact, we, I've heard people quote statements from their pastors. They quoted statements from them, and I said, "Well, where is it in the Bible?" And they said, "Well, that's just what our pastor taught." Whoa, whoa. Who is that man but a sinner that was saved by the grace of Jesus Christ? And what is that man's job but to proclaim the gospel? So that you may receive of the gospel the leadership of the Spirit through Jesus Christ, your only master. Don't be deceived. By the way, the scripture also says, God is not mocked. <laughs> don't be deceived about that. And by the way, Jesus warns us. And 23 says, behold, I have foretold you. I'm warning. I'm telling you these things are going to happen. Remember in John 16, he said, they're going to they're gonna kick you out of the synagogues because your message is going to be more powerful than their religion. And, and they're going to hate you for, for, for me, my message, drawing people unto you. And so they're going to kick you out of this place because you're wrecking with their, their money. You're wrecking with their 
their bottom line. So they're going to kick you out of this place. And in fact, there's going to come a day when you're going to become so annoying to the religious centers around you that they're going to arrest you and they're going to throw you in jail. They're going to behead you and hang you and burn you and think that they're serving God in the doing of it. And we've seen that through, through our modern times where they truly believe in many different nations where they truly believe that they're serving God by killing Christians. And so Jesus warned them. He said there's a lot of false prophets and a lot of false Christs that are going to rise and they're going to have a message that is going to sound almost right. They're going to have a message that's going to sound just, a, just so close to my message that, that you might just find a way of justifying how you could follow these people and still be okay and become seduced even though you are God's chosen. He says, if any man shall say to you, hey, there's a Messiah, or hey, there's an anointed one. Hey, there, if anybody says to you about this charismatic movement where they, where they stand on the stage and they say, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, for I have been anointed of the Lord to bring this message to you. Hey, the word here in, in verse number 21, here is Christ, or lo, there he is. The word Christ in, in equality with the word Messiah in, in Hebrew is recognized as one anointed or, or the chosen of God or the anointed of God. And so, you know, these, these people, they come out and it's very subtle in what they say, like Joyce Myers is, is the champion of this, very subtle in what they say when they come uh, on the TV screen with their, with their Armani clothes and their beautiful smiles. And I mean, you're, you're dumping millions of dollars. I think it was also revealed by Mike Winger yesterday that that in 2020, Kenneth Copeland believed that God had told him he was going to make $330 million. He's got his own private airport, got his own private jet, got his own... I mean, what? What? And you, you proclaim a false gospel using a Bible, which... That's another matter entirely. I don't believe that the Bible that he's using is complete, but that's that's a whole other matter. He's not complete in head either. You say, well, you can't say that, preacher. That's mean. That's judging. You're right. <laughs> it is judgment, but not a judgment based on what I think or what I feel. A judgment that is based upon the Word of God that warns us that these people are coming, that these people exist, that these people are here to throw you off from following the truth, from following the real gospel and being saved and being powerful and being being a minister that you have been called to be, an evangelist that you have been called to be by God to reach the world with the truth. And all you're getting filled with is lies. How can you speak the truth? When all you're doing is being deceived, how can you know what deception is to be able to avoid it and to know better? Well, the answer is, listen to the Word of God. Listen to the preachers of the faith. Listen to the real doctrine. Sound doctrine as what would be given to Timothy. 
But remember what the Bible says. He said there is coming a day when they will not endure. They won't listen to or put up with sound doctrine. They'll heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, feeding them with whatsoever they desire. Welcome to 2020. But not this preacher, not this Bible, and not today. And so we see that he says, if anybody says to you that they have an anointing or that they have that they are the anointed of God for bringing a message unto you, let them be accursed. That's what Paul would say in, in, in Galatians chapter number one. Let them be accursed. Jesus said, do not believe them. The message of Christ is anointed. The word of God is anointed. And, and the, the child of God is sealed in the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when you take the Holy Spirit inside of you and you connect the Holy Spirit with the Word of God like we're doing right now, within you wells up the, the message Jesus will have for you to speak. Within you wells up the desire of, of Christ, of real anointed Jesus within you. And you know who is true as your leader. You know. And it ain't these other people. It's Jesus. Jesus. And so he said, don't believe them. Don't follow them. Praise God. And I love it when, when we get back up into this teaching. I'm going to go back up to verse number 14 now. He said, that When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not. <laughs> Amen. Let's, let's take a look at that concept. Let's see. Let me get me a couple of Bibles out here. In verse number 14, I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible on this one. And, and it says, When you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand, <laughs> then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Now, the exciting part about fleeing to the mountains and about this this concept of its of this this abomination of desolation standing where it should not be the the interesting thing about that concept is uh let's see let me see if I can pull up some stuff here uh is a time appointed so that word standing in in the the Greek can be as concerning a time appointed and the word where is in a place, a time appointed in a place, and the word ought is a word that means to must, needs be, or or necessary concerning as being binded. So it's it's a it's a time in a place where it must be or or must needs be binded, and the concept is in the word not is without it is long is not long in reference to this point of greek so it it it's needless to say this is a period of time that is planned by god to be shortened that it isn't going to be long but that it is appointed a period of time that must needs 
be. And that's very important where we grab a hold of this word ought is must needs be as this time of revelation is prepared. It's planned. It's going to happen. And and rather you're a part of the false prophets that are out in this world today that say that that, that this time of, of tribulation has already happened, that it was a spiritual happening that took place in the 1800s. We're in the millennial reign right now. Or, or rather, you're a part of the false prophets that talk about all these different things that are related to Revelation. Uh, the, the concept of Revelation is one of the highest grossing dollar amounts of, of the teachings of the Bible. And there are so many different... I mean, you just get on, you, you get on YouTube, which I'm sure a lot of the people... Uh, younger people do. You get on YouTube and you start watching some of these coconuts with all of their different prophecies that they that they build out of thin air off of the idea of revelation, and and it, it's insane the amount of stuff that's coming out of false prophets and false prophecies and false leaders that that are out there. And the only thing that they're utilizing for the teaching to grow their base is revelation. And the reality of Revelation, which we have that study and we'll do it again, the reality of Revelation is that it's in a compilation of all these prophecies like Daniel that you'll see. So when Jesus, in verse number 14, he brings up the point of Daniel, he says, when you shall see, this is an event that is going to be understood by the Hebrew people, certainly, when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing where it ought not, let let him that reads understand, very important, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, the, the recognition of what Jesus just said about let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains is found in Revelation chapter number 12. It's found when when God has provided the, those those people the 144,000 as is revealed in in prophetic language so you understand that it's much like poetry but it gives them winged wings to fly as it reveals in Revelation 12 up into the mountains to the refuge of God and and as the the antichrist and his armies that are poured out from the mouth of the dragon as as they pour out to come after that 144,000 cuz keep in mind that's the only group of people that that the Antichrist, that the false prophet, that, that Satan himself has not been able to impact. You see, the, the, the martyred saints are martyred saints because they get killed. <laughs> they can be easily touched by, by the Antichrist. In fact, as he weeds them out, as he roots them up, he, he, he kills them. It's just that simple. That's why they're martyred saints, as written in Revelation. But this 144,000, this remnant of Israel is recognized as, as 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes. They are sealed by God in, in Revelation chapter number 7 when we first meet them from verse 1 to 7. They're sealed by God and, and, and with his name in their forehead. And there's nothing, there's nothing the Antichrist can do against them. There's nothing that, that the false prophet can do against them. Even Satan himself, who tries to devour them, to destroy them, cannot touch them because God provides them a refuge and it's found in the mountains. In fact, you'll find in Revelation chapter number 14 that it is on the mountain top that you will see the 144,000 collected with the Lamb of God in that wording. And so it's interesting where it would be seven sevens. So you have seventh chapter, recognition of the 144,000. Fourteenth chapter, another recognition of the 144,000 with 
Jesus, the Lamb. And so that's that's pretty sweet how God keeps consistent with his numbers. He keeps consistent with his names. He keeps consistent with his words. So very cool about God in that point. But when we move forward, we, we see that this desolation, take a look at it real quick. Just some excerpts here for you to study a little bit later. As concerning the abomination of desolation, the first place that we meet is Daniel chapter number 8 and verse number 13. In Daniel chapter number 8 and verse number 13, the scripture says, Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall the vision be? How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolations to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot, to to give both the sanctuary. So how long is this period of desolation going to last, in which case that the the children of God would would find a place of sanctuary in which the host, which would be recognized Antichrist, those be the, the the false prophet and all of those guys which which take on the leadership of the world, in which case the, the hundred and forty four thousand would, would be a guest in the world of wickedness at that point of time, so they would be the host, and and of course the the sanctuary is needed for those that that would be uh, the hundred forty four thousand. So he says, how long shall the the vision concerning the the daily sacrifice be, and that the transgression of desolation take place? Where by the way, the temple is. Is transgressed against, and the and the sacrifice taken away, and the and the daily sacrifice taken away, and all of those things as it comes into the leadership of the antichrist to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot. Recognize the sanctuary in this place of Daniel actually being the temple, or the temple place where in in the time of Revelation, one of the powers that the Antichrist is going to gain over the the Judaism over the Hebrew people during that period of time is that he's going to have a peace that is brought forth between the Arabic nations at war with Israel and Israel. So he's going to bring this peace together. A new temple is going to be constructed as a gift or a peace offering from the Arabic nations that will be located right close to the Dome of the Rock on top of Jerusalem within the walls of of the city there. And, And it is going to be for a period of three and a half years, which is that first three and a half years of tribulation, it's going to be recognized as a time of relative peace. You're going to have wars. You're going to have rumors of wars, of course. You're going to have devastations, uh, a little bit more so than what we experience in our modern day because the earthquakes are going to get worse and storms are going to get stronger and tornadoes and all kinds of things are going to be happening because it is the earth groaning under the process of the power of the Antichrist. It's the earth groaning in this time uh, of 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 of, of re- reeling from from the separation of its, of, of God with the, the power of this this devil this antichrist in his reign and of course God is going to be making judgments against the earth he's going to be making judgments against mankind he's going to be rendering judgments against 
against all kinds of things in, in this period of time as well as we study Revelation. And, and one of the things we're going to discover is at the building of that temple, which is recognized in Revelation chapter number 11, that, that it will be constructed with all of the glory of that which was the former temple before it, in which case the court there will be a court of the Gentiles, which John was told not to measure, and there will be all, every bit, the inner court, the outer court, the holy and holy of holies of the temple structure as, as originally designed by Ezra. Not the one that was built by Solomon, but the one that was constructed by Ezra. And so, the, the sanctuary and the host of those that will be inside of it, of course, which would be the unholy uh, trinity at the, at the second three and a half years, where all of the sacrifices and everything that, that the Hebrews were going to be able to do in the first three and a half years while the Antichrist is building his political base and his political prowess over the whole world as the crown is given unto him to be the chancellor of the world— then, at the second three and a half years, he's going to come in, deface the temple, de defile the temple, completely shut it down, and that is the point of the abomination of desolation that's referred to, and the question being asked, how long is, is this going to be the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot by these wicked men? Daniel 9, <clears throat> chapter number 9, and verse number 27, the scripture says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice to, and the oblation to cease. And, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Okay, so giving a taste of, of Daniel chapter number 9, verse number 27, it says he shall confirm the covenant for with many for one week. Okay, now, <clears throat> one week, <clears throat> in prophecy, a week is referenced to seven years. And in the context of this one week or these seven years, there is going to be a, a, a false peace or a confirmation of the covenant. So the false prophet, the false Messiah, right, as, as the Antichrist is going to be raised up to be the Messiah or recognized as Messiah to the Hebrew people that are not followers of Jesus, which is important to become a follower of Jesus, now because even in your religion you can be deceived so there's going to be a confirmation of a covenant with with the hebrew people and with the world at large to bring everybody together under this one world government for for seven years now in the midst of the week in other words in the middle of the week and there's a halfway point in this where you've got two sections of three and a half years so in this halfway point, there is going to be a cessation or, or the, the, the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to cause the sacrifices that were capable of being offered by the Hebrew people at the beginning of, of the time of tribulation. They're going to cease and the oblation, the joy, the, the, the times of feast, the three days, the three religious holy days of the year where all of Judaism would come to, to Jerusalem to worship, and there the Antichrist being in the midst of them will cause that to cease. And, and for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate. In other words, he's going to defile the temple like the Romans did when, when they sacked the temple back in, in the time, in the middle periods after they had, the Rome had come in and conquered Greece. Now, 
The thing about the Greeks is that they left the Jews alone. They left the temple alone. They left Jerusalem alone. As long as they were receiving tax by, by Jerusalem, the, the, the Greeks really didn't care what was going on over there. But when Rome came in, Rome had to make the world Roman. And so they were not satisfied with a temple that didn't recognize Rome. They were not satisfied with a religion that didn't worship Rome. And so they came in and they sacked Jerusalem. And, and, and literally, they, they defiled the temple by, by putting in Roman accolades. They defiled it and made it a, a place, of abomination of desolation, even in Rome during the time. But as we see here, this Antichrist, he's going to come in and he's going to do just in like manner as what was done. He's going to clear out the sacrifices and he's going to make himself God. He's going to, he's going to defile the temple and make it desolate once more, even until. So this is going to happen for three and a half years until the time of consummation. Now, the time of consummation as dealing with when Jesus in Revelation 19 returns and, and establishes his position as, as king of the universe for a thousand years is recognized in Revelation chapter number 19 and in Revelation chapter 20 from verses 1 clear over to verse number 10. And, and he's going to come into the consummation at that point. And he said that that determined, that determined shall be poured upon the desolate and that that is a tough situation that's going on but it doesn't stop there in daniel chapter number 12 you'll see that the scripture goes on to say and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away in which case the period of time from from when the antichrist will shut down the the actual practices of worshiping yahweh hashem adonai that that they will shut that down so that the only one to be worshiped will be the antichrist so at the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away in the midst that you saw in Daniel 9, 27, and, and the abomination that makes desolate set up, meaning the, the, the now false worship of the Antichrist through the false prophet who will, who will gain control over, over the people through great deception, as we've already seen that take place. And, and he says, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, if you calculate according to the Hebrew calendar, which is a 30-day month calendar, you calculate 1,290 days divided by 30, you get 43, uh, 43 months. Okay, so it's, it's very important to realize that in that 43 months, of course, one year of 12 months, so 12, 24, 36, and then uh, the the remainder being what is half. So you've got three and a half years that this is going to take place, which is the latter three and a half years or the end of the time of of Revelation. And and it's it's amazing, guys, that Jesus is warning his disciples of, of a time that they're not even going to face. And by the way, you'll find the same thing written in, in Matthew chapter number 24. You know that from verses 15 to 28, as well as Luke chapter number 21. I think I said chapter 16 earlier, but I was wrong there. It's actually Luke chapter number 21 from verses 20 to 22 that is revealed here. 
And so that there is the warning of this time that must needs be ought that that, that standing where it ought it, it must needs be this appointed time and 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 there's just there's no way of getting around it there's no way of getting around this it's going to happen and let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of the house. Let them that is in the field not turn back again to take up his garment. And woe to them that give suck in those days with child. And pray that your flight be not in winter. You don't know when this is going to happen. You don't know how it's going to happen. But it's guaranteed that you... Actually, I take all of that back. I, t- I take all of that back. I'm wrong there. I'm wrong there. They do know. The Jews that recognize the dangers that are coming will be able to see it if they only hear the gospel that is given in this day, this New Testament gospel. And in the time of tribulation, the Jews will know that this false prophet exists. The Jews will see that this person is not the real Messiah. The the, the people who hear the message of the Messianic believers, the Messianic Jews of of Revelation, will will be able to see the, the the desolation coming and they'll be able to take flight before the destruction once more of the temple and their faith if only they will hear but if they choose to ignore it if they choose to reject it if they choose not to hear then they will not be able to flee from the wrath that is to come funny how god always gives warning to us to prepare us so that we don't have to be caught off guard that's exactly what happened there from verses 17 or 16 to 19, 16 to 18. Those days shall be an affliction such as will not from the beginning of the creation of God that God created under this time. It's, a, it's going to be an affliction that is unlike anything you've ever experienced, anything you could ever possibly know. And except that those days be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. I mean, that Antichrist, that devil, he goes after those 144,000. He literally chases after them with such a vehemence that if it, if it had not been for only three and a half years, he might have got them. He might have got them. He was not going to quit in his, in his quest to kill them. And all of the martyred saints that he would destroy, he would not stop. And thank God for those days being shortened for those that will face the, the wrath of the Antichrist in, the, in, in that day. For praise the Lord, his church will not be there. Thank you, Jesus, for our deliverance. God bless you in this. And I pray that he would reveal a truth that you have never received before. I pray that he would reveal himself to you. I pray that he would make known a reality to you today. I hope that this has made a difference to you. I pray for it. Father, we thank you and ask that blessing upon us as we finish this Monday, that we finish it well. And our consideration of your work and labor of love in in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And until tomorrow, I look forward to seeing you as we get to talk about the coming of the Son of Man. Take care.